people were all up in arms about that, and and I didn't think that was fair. Um, these things are mass produced, um, as I said in in the piece there. It's machines making machines. Yeah. And doesn't so this not, happen though with almost every release every since these have gotten complicated? Please. Please. November 26, 2013, this is episode 78 of Yats. Every week, usually Wednesday, tonight's Tuesday. It's cool. Uh, yeah, anothertechshow.com. That's our site on the internet. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, we got Ant Pruitt. What's up, Ant? What's going on, Mr. Lee? Good to be back with you on Yats. Also, Nick Carroll joining us from AOTA. What's up, Nick? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, good. Just got done with AOTA our, on our normal Tuesday evenings. Getting right into Yats. Gonna go from Android to more general technology uh, stuff. We should start the show out. You were uh, mentioning last episode, and we skipped a week uh, here, uh, that it was Security Month. What was the name of that? Actually, it's National uh, Computer Security Day coming up this weekend. That's what it was. Uh, on the 30th. And I felt like we should probably talk about it a little more in depth because not only this weekend is that day, but Friday is Black Friday, and then you have Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. So and we if- are going to be um, creatures of habit and going to want to get out there and just spend all of our money on a bunch of stuff that some of us don't really need. And there's going to be plenty of predators out there looking to get some of that money one way or another. I heard some fool in the UK got jumped for his Xbox. Like, he was getting in the car out the parking lot, and, like, he put it in the car, and some dude rolled up behind him and just, like, knocked him out, jacked his Xbox, and was like, peace. Yes, and... I mean, and that's been going on for years. It's either your Xbox or your sneakers. Or your or, shoes. Yep. Yeah, yep, something. Yep, you know, yep. it, that's been going on for years, and people are going to continue to I mean, shit, that's how, like that. that's how Batman was started, right? In it, it his parents <laughs> got robbed for their jewels. Yes. Shot and killed. And so, yeah, you should, uh, along with your computer security... And your overall, you know, mindfulness, your your situational awareness uh, yeah. in the physical world. Also, be aware because fools will trample you for some new tech. Um, I kind of wanted to to talk about uh, on this on the computer side of it. This has it's been going around for a while now. It's a good, it's a good like definition of what proper properly implemented cryptography can do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is in a negative uh, fashion. This is more black hat than than white hat um, as far as as crypto implementation. But it's called crypto locker. We've talked about this before, uh, and I just wanted to kind of briefly talk about this this article here off of uh, darkreading.com. You always have when when things like this come out. You always have um, 
like the officials, the authorities saying, you know, don't pay it, don't pay it. It's just going to encourage more hackers to build really good, you know, uh, crypto uh, locks like this, and, and and then they will exploit you for your money. Most people don't have their stuff backed up, and if somebody is like, Bow, I just encrypted your hard drive, there's no way to break this encryption because it was implemented, I would say, perfectly. I, I There's no such thing as perfectly, but as close to perfect as can be right now with this technology and uh well, well, you have well to pay done. the ransom right you you have no no other option than to pay the ransom unless you have like i said a backup may, if you pay the ransom you know you may very well not get your uh, stuff back well and the thing that's people oh, people just... have been i mean they've been writing reports about it and if you do pay the ransom you will get your thing unlocked because you gotta think of it this way you write this thing if if people pay you and you don't unlock their shit like they're not going to pay you words going to get out real quick that like hey you're screwed either way so it's in their best interest to pay and they have been making money and the one i wanted to talk about was in massachusetts a police department there got hit by it and they paid it they paid 750 dollars which uh there was an article on krebs on security uh back in november 6th that was saying that they were upping the ransom because so many people were paying it because you can't get around this. And, and you wanted to talk about a little bit of the implementation of how they, they were able to do this in such a way that you can't crack it. You can't get your, your data back. What, what, what did they do, Nick? That, do, you, do you know like in particular how, how it's done so well or what they did right? I don't know the the full nature of the technology that's used here, but the thing that's bad about it is normally when you're setting up like encryption, you're the one setting up encryption for your device, and so you can plan it out, work out the particulars. In this case, it's being forced on you like immediately. It's the opposite, and that's an interesting that's use for it, right? If they have yeah. the keys, you pay me, or in 72 hours, I destroy the keys, and because we implemented it so close to perfect you're not getting your data back. There's no way around it. Yeah, I actually fell victim to something like this about a year ago, about a year, a little more than a year ago. I used to visit a, an MMA website, basically, where it just you know, told you the news of the day, and there, there are several of them that I went through. But this one had like one of its you know, Java or Flash ads on the side. I'm not sure exactly how it, how it happened, but I was typing the name in Google, and, you know, like the website name in Google, and I saw like a red screen, hey, this may be, you know, whatever. Right. And I, th I thought to myself, I go to this site fairly often. Uh, that's kind right. of weird. I clicked on it, and then I saw the MMA website, and then like just as it rendered, all of a sudden, like everything like changed. And fortunately, you know, I'm a technician. I was able to, to I immediately severed the, uh, the connection, and I rebooted. And I was able to, uh, on another device, Google exactly what was the deal, and I managed to get out of it. But it took me on an order of two hours. And I was visiting a known public, like, a friendly website, yet it got hacked somehow and is able to infect me. And I know others were hit by that. So I've, I've seen how, how quickly this is. It's like looking at a web page, and all of a sudden, bam, and it's like, pay $200, CIA. It's like, yeah. yeah, and see, cool. you probably thought it was just, okay, their certificate expired, 
I'll proceed knowing that there's a risk. We see we see those a lot, and yeah. with with usually within minutes that certificate is updated because those system admins they know oh crap our certificate needs to be updated. You yeah. Know? And you yeah, that's scary stuff. And you know this is like an advancement on that. It's like you know in my case I was able to to boot in you know reboot into safe mode and do a bunch of changes over the, over the course of an hour plus to get out of it. In this mm. case, your files are encrypted, and you can't mm. access anything, and it spreads so quickly uh, on your drive and any shared or connected drives. That's why a lot of people are talking about this issue now where if you're going to back up your data, you know, back it up on a device that's unplugged from the network, unplugged from your computer, and you know, at least you have that. So. It's good to have your live backups, but you should also, every few months, have something that is completely off-site, for sure, yeah. completely disconnected. Um, this article says, unlike other ransomware, CryptoLocker's authors have properly implemented an asymmetric 2048-bit RSA and 256-bit AES CBC using the native Microsoft Windows crypto system. And this is the basis for legitimate tools like BitLocker. Uh, most encryption uses a symmetric one-key key system or simply locks access to the files but does not fully encrypt the data. A reverse engineer can then... Uh, you know, figure out how to uh, unlock it. The encryption mechanisms found in other ransomware are of a homebrew variety. They include errors and vulnerabilities that reverses and infosec professionals can identify, thereby enabling the creation of workarounds. Uh, once on the system, the malware can encrypt files located within shared network drives, like you were saying, uh, USB drives and, and other external hard drives, network file shares and all that. Uh, if one computer on a network becomes infected, then map network drives could also become infected. CryptoLocker then connects to the attacker's command and control, the CNC, uh, to put the asymmetric private encryption key out of the victim's reach. And then you what? You have like 72 hours to pay them or your your key gets destroyed. And that's it. Uh, they say one group, uh, Semantic, said that they were making nearly $400,000 a month from this type of ransomware. Man, and that's funny. I just wanted to—it's not funny, but I, I just wanted to bring up that like the authorities are saying, you know, don't pay, don't pay, and, and then this police department gets hit. They don't have any backups, and they pay. So, definitely. I mean, and I'll let Ant speak to this uh, here. That like, don't click on stuff you don't know who it's from. Don't click on links in general and email. It's just like go to the site that is from just to be safe. Uh, most email is HTML. You can hide extensions and links inside of other hyperlinks so it looks it'll say google.com but the link's going to g0 g you know there, there's all sorts of ways mm-hmm. to to hide it on top of using psychology and social engineering to make you think that your money or your ego or something is being attacked and you need to click that link you don't need to click that link um but yeah and what what the do thing you is you know right now you're getting ready to have a lot of shipping you're going to have your online orders. Well, and we've whatnot. seen those, and... right? The tracking. Click here to track your package. And mm-hmm. most times, you know when you have something ordered. But during the holidays, maybe you are, like you said, ordering more more packages. Right. So you might be like second nature to click that link. Don't right. click that link. This will, this will be the, the, the high time for them to trick you into clicking on those links. And heck, I've even seen them be as ballsy as put a zip file in there. Uh, and that should be a dead giveaway right there. No one is gonna, no one from Amazon is gonna send you an actual file. 
Um, most of the time, anybody that's legitimate that's sending you shipping confirmations or notifications, they try to embed it inside of the message nice and neatly to where it's like plain text kind of look and feel. Um, so it's not much of an attachment kind of thing. Um, and usually when you click on that link, it's not going to ask you to log in. They already have your token information inside of that link personalized to you. So when you click on it and it asks you to log in, just get away. Let it go. Even if it, it looks just like just the site, it. because there's, like we mentioned a couple weeks ago, there's toolkits that generate sites that look exactly like yeah. it. I mean, that's what they're made for, you know. So yeah. go you know. type it in. Just take a sec, because if, if you get hit by this, it's going to cost you so much money, because you know you don't have backups. Like, it's, no. you're going to be so mad. You know, and, and like you said, it seems... It might seem a little tedious at the time, but in the long run, <laughs> you, you'll be a lot better off knowing your credit card is still safe. Um, oh, and also with that, if you can use some other payment method, um, me personally, yeah, I got a bank account and this and that or what have you, but personally, when I shop online, I have two, now three, burner credit cards now that Google Wallet is offering yeah. um, the physical credit Did card. Did you sign stuff. up for your card? Yes, I did. Nice, me too. I hopefully but, uh we we talked about this a little down AOTA, but yeah, that'll be neat to have like a, a card that you can use then when people send you payments through Gmail. Yeah, just use that use that card that's not necessarily linked to your 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 main primary source of, of funds. Um, just like a little prepaid debit card or something like that. Take some time to go and load that thing up and just use that for your online purchases. It's it's traceable far as the 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 uh card issuer but it's not necessarily linking all the way back to you being at bank of so-and-so or trust of so-and-so you know what i mean so if somebody hacks your particular transaction you're a little bit safer you know and i know around here in particular there's a place in whitefish uh one of their credit card things got out and my my card got hit. Uh, like two of my friends got hit. A bunch of other people in the valley here, um, mm-hmm. all got hit from that. So I mean, tis the season. <laughs> and you'll see it. You'll see an increase. Like if you use Gmail, if you look in your spam folder, Gmail's usually pretty good about catching those. And you'll see them all sitting in there. If not, definitely report that stuff as phishing, so that you know we can all help make it a little better. No doubt. Um, anything you want to add to that, Nick, as far as just general good practices and etiquette? The usual backup your data and try to back it off, you know, off-site, not directly uh, connected, you know, keep your virus definitions up to date, try to use a anti-spyware. That's the know, three, two, one stuff. thing. I forget who came up with it, but he says three, two, one. It's like three copies on two different media and one is off-site. And that's, you follow that, you'll you'll generally be good to go. And passwords. Oh yeah, you want to talk a little bit about pa- good password security, real quick? Passwords, passwords. Yeah. Um, it's it's fairly easy nowadays because of how lazy we are as a society to guess passwords. If you know someone through social engineering, you could probably figure out their password. Last name, birthday. Nine yeah. times out of ten, that's gonna be your first. Last guess. name, birthday, kid's okay. name, dog's pet's name. name, dog. Yeah. yeah. Um. You Not know, only that, the short passwords, yeah. Yeah, 
some people would look at me and based on my personality and so forth, they would say, I bet your password has Clemson in it. No. Your password is <laughs> golf Clemson. When were you born? 1980. Yeah. Not 80-something. Damn, I'm not that young. Come on, dude. I thought you were like my age. No? How old are you? <laughs> I don't know. I was born in 77. I quit counting. Oh, okay. You're um, only a few years older than me. But, yeah, you, you don't want your passwords to be so daggum obvious. You know, some people take an, and use, like, a phrase or something like, I don't know, sunny days or something like that. And that at one time, that used to be fairly decent. But you can't even do that anymore. You don't want to use dictionary words. If you, you need to do... use something like, uh, just for example, and this this isn't like what I use, but you could use something like the planets in the solar system. Take the first letter of each planet, throw a number in between there that increases, one, two, three, four, yes. you know? So M1, V2, you know, something like that, yes. that at look is, is random. If you want to make it even longer for... Um, as far as I, I forget what that's called, but every every character you add makes it exponentially harder for yeah. a brute force attack to guess. So hey, you do this thing called you, you do this thing called padding, to where you use either repeating characters or uh, a character pattern. So you could say hyphen underscore hyphen m one v two e three hyphen underscore hyphen, and just those six extra hyphens add so much more randomness mm-hmm. in in you know when when the password gets hashed that it will be that much harder to guess or to brute and force. I know the very first thing the common slash non-technical non-geeky person is going to say is i can't remember all of these passwords i hear that crap every day there's get tools for that it. right or just <laughs> yeah, get and, how to use a variety of passwords as well because like yeah. every once in a while you hear some major Adobe. And, Use Adobe yeah, for example. They just got yeah. hit recently. Or uh, OKCupid, the the company that runs all of those dating yeah. sites. They got hit. Forty two million passwords are are now out there. And nine times out of ten, people that use those sites will have used the same password for their banking, same for their password. social networks, for all of that. So now, yep. you have to go and change that stuff. Or and so and most of them won't. Keeper. Yeah. You know. Do you have any like good recommendations or, or for a like that. a well-trusted, properly implemented password keeper? Because I just remember yeah. my stuff. But yeah, give us recommendations. What do you use? LastPass. I use my brain. Right, but if you couldn't use your brain <laughs> for no, other I would people, use LastPass. Um, there's another one called uh, KeyPass as well that's been fairly popular. But LastPass is probably the most popular out there even though they had their issues a couple years ago with um the way they stored the passwords but i'm assuming after all of that press they got all of that fixed you know instead of storing it in plain text they had to no they would they can't yeah they can't be storing in plain there's no way yeah (laughs) as far as i know LastPass has been vetted by a lot of security professionals and crypto people and and it's it's pretty good yeah, I just I don't want to trust anything like that. You know, there's what if an employee gets mad? You know, I don't know. There there's so many mm-hmm. what ifs that I would just use good padding, use good uh not acronyms, but whatever yeah. that thing is. Use just a good don't system. Be obvious. Yeah. So all right, and don't click on things in email. <laughs> most <laughs> importantly, because that's how most of this happens. Phishing attacks are all over the place. So. 
Um, did you guys see this? Okay, Google voice activation now comes to Chrome. It's out of the, the beta channel, the, the uh, dev channel. So if you have a mic hooked up, your computer's listening, you're on Google.com, you can say, okay, Google, and then you can say whatever you want to say, and it will do the search. We saw some of this uh, demoed at Google I.O. this year. Now, Matt, this is hands-free? Uh, I believe so. Okay, because yeah, I've because had that like, capability before, yeah. but I had to in click Chrome, on it. Yeah, in Chrome, as opposed to Firefox, you always had, had that ability to, unless there's a Firefox plugin I'm unaware of, but in Chrome, that option shows up, but you have to click it. It's my understanding that this extension is just on all the time listening. When you go to that Google website, that mi- microphone icon is basically... So let me let me try it here, since we have a mic hooked up. Okay, Google. Okay, Google. You don't have do the you, extension. Do you need the extension? I have the yeah, mic Yeah, you need here. the extension. Oh, well, that's dumb. I thought it was just in Chrome. <laughs> well, it's like the Chromecast. You need a little extension. To but make that makes that sense, though, Chrome. right? Because who goes to Google.com, really? Don't you just search in the address bar? Yeah, the most Omnibox? people just use the Omnibox. Ah. So with this extension, you can be anywhere, or do you still have to be at Google.com? Google.com, as far as I know. Yeah. Unless there's a button, you know, somewhere else on there. On right, Chrome. it says installing the Hotword extension makes it so whenever a browser is open to Google.com or a search results page, because they all have that Google thing at the top of them, mm-hmm. uh, all you need is to say, okay, Google, it'll jump to the ordinary Speak Now page, and the rest works like normal voice search. So, pretty I'd cool. I'd like to see that. I don't know the, the feasibility for it, but I'd like to see it. Yeah, I don't know so much when you're at the desk. Like, I have a, the Moto X. They kind of mentioned that in this article that um, the Moto X is always always on. And because I drive for a living, like, I use it quite a bit. I'll, I'll mute the podcast real quick because it's hard to talk over that in the truck when I'm listening to it. Mute that, mm-hmm. say whatever I got to say, and then unmute it because then it'll pause the show that I'm listening to. And then it'll say whatever. I used it to find some place today that I, I was just driving around. I was like, okay, Google now. And then told it navigate to this place and it was like pow found it turned my show back on and it was good to go all automatic it works quite well for the most part (laughs) (laughs) it works better when you're by yourself because when there's other people and they're watching it you tend to say okay google now differently than when you trained it so but when you're by yourself you'll notice you'll say it like the way you trained it because you're See, it's listening. See, it was like, yes, Matt, what do you want? <laughs> hey, uh, one thing I'll just throw out here, just since we're on the, the topic. Uh, the guys at PhoneBuff, they did a, like, 50 voice commands you can do with Google, with Google Now, and uh, that, that's actually a pretty good link to go through. Like, I was watching it, like, three or four minutes. It was, like, just a litany of commands you can do, even the, the ones that are, like, you know, who's Barack Obama, and then, like, who is his wife, those kind of commands where it's, like, it remembers your last search results, so you have derivative search results. Right, so if so you search for where is Los Angeles, and then you say how far is it there, or how how yeah. long will it take to get there, it knows there meant L.A. because that's what you searched for previous. Yeah, he, he strung together like 50 different commands. You know, It was just really impressive to me just how, how good that search feature is now. Nice, you should throw a link to that video in the, in the rundown oh, yeah. so we can throw it in the show notes. At yet another tech show at dot com. Uh, speaking of the OK Google and and Google stuff, you know the the Chromebook Pixel was kind of their their touch screen 
uh, laptop for running Chrome. It was 1500 Unless you went to I.O., then it was free. Uh, Acer now has one that's touchscreen, and it's 300 bucks. So it's the C720P uh, touchscreen. It's got 2 gigs of RAM, 11.6-inch display with a Celeron processor. Intel still makes Celeron. <laughs> you lose uh, me. I was I was very very interested in this device until I saw that. Then again, we don't know because we laugh at Celeron because it sucked running Windows. Maybe Celeron will run Chrome OS better. Who knows? Well, he, here's the deal. I have the predecessor to that. I have the C710, and that has uh, basically a Celeron. It has A47. That's a model number of Celeron. 1.2, 1.3 gigahertz. I can't remember the exact. CPU. This is basically the Haswell version of that, so it's a Haswell Celeron. It's supposedly like twice the battery life for essentially the same same unit, and it's like a half pound lighter. S- similar screen, a little bit better, like keyboard stuff like that. But uh, for like 200 bucks, you know, for for the 720 or the 299 for the 720p, which I believe is the uh, the touchscreen variant. That's the one that they're mentioning there. It's pretty decent, so. For, for the price, it's not bad. It's probably a little 20% faster than my current Chromebook, and I bought that a year ago for 200 So Okay. All right. It's probably, it's probably somewhere between the Snapdragon 600 and 800 processor in terms of processing power, so it's decent for, like, a tablet or smartphone, and considering it's running a lightweight OS, although it is, you know, largely a web browser with web apps. Um, my current Chromebook runs just fine, so... You know, I was interested in the HP Chromebook before they started having the issues with the power connector. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the kind of chip it had in it, but it was a fairly fast machine. And the same thing that's in the Samsung one from last year, the Exynos. Uh, Exynos, like okay. Same thing that's in the Nexus 10. Matt's Nex- Nexus 10 has the exact same hardware, same amount of RAM, same yeah. SOC and everything. So it's similar to the Nexus 10. Because okay, that one ran pretty well. Um, and then the next thing about touchscreen, I'm, I'm not quite sure um, if that's usable, but I mean, it'd be fun to try it for three hundred dollars, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a much cheaper alternative than the Pixel. You know, that's where it has its value, and it's still relatively lightweight. You know, mm-hmm. functional, you know, notebook or Chromebook. So, was yours touchscreen? You said Nick, or it wasn't? M- mine is not. It's just, just, uh, it's this... really a netbook. Gotcha. You know, uh, but with instead of Windows, this is like. And the thing about like Chrome OS, the footprint is literally one sixtieth that of Windows, like uh, seven sixty-four bit, I think is what I recall, in terms of file space. RAM, it's not quite as small, but I mean, it's basically Linux with a shell that's essentially a web browser on top. Right. Hey, um, we should mention uh, you can leave comments and stuff on on the the Hangout on Air video. Uh, somebody wanted to know uh, if we could real quick mention or speak about proxies uh, when we were talking about security and stuff. Oh yeah. When I think of security, I don't usually think of proxying. When I think of wanting to be anonymous or doing dastardly deeds online, I think of proxying. But I also don't work in a corporate environment where there's lots of firewalls in place, this and that. Certain websites maybe are inaccessible. In that case, you would then use a proxy. Um, if you want, I guess if you're doing online transactions and you want to not have it traced back to your IP address, your location, uh, you would use proxies. 
Basically, if you yeah. don't know, a proxy is like an intermediary. So your data gets sent from your computer to this proxy and then from the proxy to the endpoint or to another proxy, to a spoof proxy. I mean, there's all sorts yeah. of tricks you can uh, get, get and down there's in. Good, there's good and bad with that. Um, True. Not, Who runs the no. proxy? In, in, that, in that case, they're a man in the middle. Uh, so any of your traffic, I don't know if they're using SSL strip to rip out mm-hmm. any of your you know, encrypted uh, packets or whatever. But yeah, at that point, there's someone there intercepting your traffic to then forward it on. It's not like Tor where it only has knowledge of where it's going. You know, it's that forward. I don't know about you, Matt or Nick, but I've seen computers have gotten infected with malware. and. Mm-hmm. That send you to a proxy. Pop-ups and this and that and whatnot. And you go and take a look at the IE settings because this person, of course, was using IE. Six. <laughs> <laughs> it had uh, planted a proxy connection in there. You know, so anything that they went to, it went through this proxy. And, of course, that proxy was just skimming what they were going to. If they were looking at football jerseys, they started popping up football ads on their screen. Mm. You know. Their ads, right? Yeah. So I mean, a proxy can be beneficial, but it can also be, you know, a pain in the butt too. You know, there's same there's thing with encryption as with yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly what we were talking about, right? Yeah. How is it being used? <laughs> is it being mm-hmm. used for good or for bad? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you want to get a proxy, make sure it's something reputable. You know, that pretty much provides you like a safe VPN, virtual private network. Yeah, to, Open to VPN I think is a good one. See, like I said, I don't I don't proxy it or or use VPNs or anything like that. What do you recommend? Open VPN for a good free one or Open VPN is is probably the more reputable free one out there. Um, right. The other one, what's it called? Uh, uh what is it? It's with the Citrix. They're Pro XPN? XPN? Something like that. No, it's the um the window sharing from Citrix. What is it? Go to assist. Oh, go to you? yeah, yeah, yeah. That provides a tunnel as well. Ah, interesting. You can mm-hmm. also set up like a really small. No, that's fine. Just crashing. I wasn't saying. There you go. Coming back. Okay. I was gonna say you can also set up uh like a small Linux distro if you know what you're doing and set uh-huh. that up somewhere maybe not on your internet and then use that as a, as a proxy to, to mm-hmm. SSH through or whatever. Yep. But yeah, it all depends on what you're trying to do. Um, if you have any other questions, there's a live chat. Yeah. And the slash live, or you can just post comments on the YouTube vid. So good question. yeah, good question for sure. Proxies. I remember messing around with proxies when I worked at a call center cause they had a lot of stuff blocked. So You'd you'd proxy through, and then you could get to like mini putt putt golf and stuff. <laughs> uh, did you guys see the Microsoft uh, screwed stuff? Um, they enlisted this guy from Pawn Stars to mock the Google's Chromebook. <laughs> I thought that was pretty pretty awesome on Microsoft. I heard about it in you know in passing from uh, a bunch of people at the office and whatnot. Right. Um, but what what can you say about it? Some people think it was fairly classless, you know, the conversations that I've had, but I, I haven't I've yet to put my eyes on it and see it. Did you see it, Nick? I haven't seen the, the latest uh, ad. I, I heard about it today, you know, like I was reading Google Plus and I saw it, but didn't actually click and, and watch it. I've 
I get such a migraine with this whole Scroogled campaign. It's just, it's just dumb. It's like there, there's got to be a better way for Microsoft to promote their products in this because it's just. Is it desperate? I don't know what it is. It seems weird that they're targeting Chromebooks. I mean, I can't imagine that they feel threatened by what's a relatively new product. I don't know. I just, I don't understand the reasoning that Microsoft has. Well, look here. at it I, this way. It's an OS in the cloud, whereas Microsoft is an OS on the hardware that is in front of you. Do Are they yeah. threatened by that because so much is moving to the cloud? I think that there's so many services that they're trying to get into that Google and other very large companies are doing honestly better at that they're they're doing whatever they can to try to to try to find a place by tearing down their competition. I just think that it's like all these political attack ads that we get you know every election season. It whatever. is like just, that, right? It's like a so never-ending political attack season. Yeah, and I don't know. Just what for me personally, I'm bored of that. What is Microsoft running for? And I, I don't. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, it says that Microsoft has enlisted the stars of the successful reality TV series Pawn Stars to lampoon what it wants you to perceive as the Chromebook's limitations. Quote, it's not a real laptop. Uh, if you're not familiar with Pawn Stars, it's a Las Vegas-based reality show on the History Channel, where, which means it's all completely made up and scripted, uh, where yep. people take their old crap in the hopes to earn some cash. In the ad, a woman wants to sell her Chromebook so she can go to Hollywood. No luck there, of course, as the seller quickly informs her that it's actually just a brick. A traditional PC, he says, utilizes built-in applications like Office or iTunes that work even when you're offline. Neither Office nor iTunes aren't exactly built-in, of course, and there are plenty of Chrome apps that run offline, but it's a scroogled video, so whatever. Hey, Matt. And Nick, what what is the difference between this versus the I'm a Mac and I'm a PC? Those were fun and humorous. This is not funny or fun. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) These are just like desperate and 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 just grasping. Those other ones were like involved and they they I don't know. It felt like there was joy there between the two because it was like a friendly ribbing. This is like we have nothing left, so we're going to, you know, attack well, Google. Yeah, I mean, one big difference is, you know, Apple has been trying, you know, at the time that they were running those Mac versus PC ads, it was a different world uh, for Apple. In fact, it was just, you know, years after they had nearly gone bankrupt, and even Microsoft, you know, bailed them out by sending them some money, but... Um, but they were trying to reposition themselves as a premium company building premium products with, that are, you know, not a lot of crap and fluff, just better better stuff, whether or not you agreed or not. That's the way they positioned it, and they sold items for a higher price. And th- There's that kind of thing they're selling to justify it, but it wasn't, in my opinion, mean-spirited like these ads. And it's not just these ads that sh- show up on TV. It's, you know, these little... Twitter, you know, escapades are trying, and you know, the the whole Scroogle campaign. The bulk of it is just dumb, and it's it's tedious and overbearing. And, <laughs> it uh, is dumb. I I fully fully agree. I, I expect a multi-billion-dollar company like Microsoft 
to not be dumb. And you see this in, in the comments here. It says, one of them says, Microsoft, I'm a huge Azure and .NET fanboy, but for the love of God, how am I supposed to defend you when you insist on embarrassing yourself with this campaign? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a big Windows guy. I've used Windows, at least for me personally, since Windows 3.0. Mm-hmm. You know, religiously. And before that, I used DOS all the way to like, it was like three or four onward until I, I got Windows 3.0. And I've been in the, the ecosystem for decades, and I enjoy it. I love it. I think it has a lot to offer. I think Microsoft has a lot of things they can do with their Xbox and their Surface line. But cut the crap. That's <laughs> what I wish they would do because it's just, ah, oh, I don't understand it. Well, and let's, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about that. And you wrote uh, an article on a new domain uh, about the Microsoft Xbox One release and some, some glitches it had and, and whatnot. Well, yeah, the article that I wrote on um, a new domain was geared more so around the PlayStation 4. Um, it launched not this past Friday, but the week before, before right. uh, Thursday. And... There were issues of the blue light of death, and basically it was a firmware issue with the console when you first um, hook it up to the network and allow it to update the firmware and get you up and running with all of the extra bells and whistles besides playing the video game. Right. So, unfortunately, there were about 4,000 units that just it just didn't work. It just was dead and killed it or what have you. And people were all up in arms about that, and and I didn't think that was fair. Um, these things are mass-produced, um, as I said in in the piece. There, it's machines making machines. Yeah. And doesn't so this not, happen though with almost every release every since these have gotten complicated? Yeah. The Nintendo, yes. the NES, didn't do that. I mean, it had its glitches, but it wasn't anything that. I mean, obviously there was no firmware or anything pushed out to it to fix it. It was, yeah. you know, mechanical stuff. You had to move the the cartridge stuff. around or blow in it or something. Yeah. But stuff once these started and getting today, you got reports of well, maybe it was yesterday. Reports of the Xbox One, um, that launched Friday. The disc drive on that clicks and rattles for a small percentage of those things. <laughs> nice. And what it, what it is is basically the the gear is not lining up inside of the tray that makes it go in right. and out uh, for. A, Computer technician, that's a fairly easy fix, but you don't really want to be doing that to your brand new $500 device. And that's why a lot of people buy consoles is like they don't want to mess with PC gaming. They don't want to mess with having to like mess with graphics cards and sound cards and all this other crap. You void your warranty, you know, if you take these things apart. That's a good point. Another thing to think about is this is also the first iteration of each of these products. I'm sure what little sniggly errors they might have you know, that show up now will be gone in future releases. So, you know, this happens. You know, but again, and then there's more. Your iPad uh, mini, Retina, they had issues with um, image retention, basically burning in on the screen. Um, Well, and we saw problems with the old iPhones with uh, light leakage on the cameras. I mean, just manufacturing. And and we all know all of the pristine quality that apple tends to to have when it's mentioned in public and whatnot that's but a good example again, right if something nobody's perfect yeah exactly you know and we'll have if you check out the internet and go to different message boards you will see flame wars all day long oh from, for sure from, from both camps and in my opinion everybody just need to shut the heck up and and 
<laughs> and play their five hundred dollar gaming consoles, and yeah. thank the good lord that some fool didn't run up on you and bust you in the back of the head and take For it real. when you were getting in your Civic. For real, you know, because yeah. things could be a lot worse. Yeah, you could have some thief out there being like, "Man, this this damn blue ring of death." <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad I stole this thing and didn't pay for it. Yeah, it, it just it just drives me nuts to hear all of this. It, mainly, it's the comments that you see from from people just talking about and bashing this OEM versus that OEM. Well, and do you think we see this more now? But part of part of it's probably of how complex these devices have gotten what what's packed inside of there some of them overheat sure but um do you think also it's cutting corners trying to keep costs low so that they make more profit so maybe your manufacturing uh, isn't all up to snuff because you saved a buck or two per device which adds up to a few million dollars over time I think it's a combination of that as well as okay I need to get mine out first yeah. Well, it, though yeah. that though that I don't buy that argument because when did the last Xbox come out? It's been almost a decade. Like you tell me, you just now started bug fixing. Like you should have been doing that for the last four years. Well, again, even even though the Xbox came out almost ten years ago, they were still doing their other support to keep that Xbox up and running up to now. Well, yeah, right, but you're not saying that they it. started working on the Xbox One three months ago. Like, this oh, no, is no, a no. project oh, they've no, been working they're on. They're just only able to get so much out of, you know, what they can build. You know, there's, yeah, I can't that's... remember the name of the website, but they did, like, a cost analysis of the PS4 and then right. a cost analysis of the Xbox. And in both cases, there's essentially the cost of all the items you know, added up is just under the actual sale price like the Xboxes Xbox One the third edition is uh like four they're making ninety bucks on theirs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah they're making just a small amount. Same thing with the PS4. They're making mm-hmm. a slight bit less, but relatively it's probably very similar. So you know they're doing what they can, you know. But Matt, this is not only just for consoles. It goes for the phones. It goes for the the tablets. You That's true. When the I... Nexus came out a couple of years ago. The the, the original Nexus Seven, and you remember the the, the bezel yeah. issues. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember. That's why I waited a month for this. Yeah. I remember on my original Motorola Droid, I had to get another one because the uh, the foam seal around it wasn't completely sealed, and dust was getting under the screen to where you could see it. And I oh, I googled wow. it. And sure as shit, there's a bunch of other people being like, I have this weird dust in the upper left corner of my droid. Like, ah, I have that too. Weird. And this other kid was like, mine's on the right side or mine's on the bottom. And then uh, the Genex had problems with the screen when it came out. So you just send it back and you get a version two and everything's fine. Yeah. It happens with all of this crap. But hey, at least you're not in that one place that got hit by a tsunami, right? (laughs) First world problems, bro. That's for real. That's for real. So Nor good article though, for sure. I love making two dollars a day. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. You could be, yeah, you could be a lot worse off. Uh, I didn't. I I like that article. I loved your blue screen of death screenshot. Also, did you find a Windows ninety eight machine and go to run and type in con con? Um, no, actually, that was my my laptop. Oh, nice. Yes. I nice. still get blue screens of death. Well, not now, but at the time of writing that piece, I got a blue screen of death. 
every now and then that will happen. Yeah, I got, a new, I got a new SSD now, though. <laughs> got an SSD now, so I'm good. Nice. I need to get one of those. That would be key. Oh, let's see. What else should we talk about? Did you see Apple bought PrimeSense for about $350 million? If you don't know, PrimeSense is the company that created... It's an Israeli startup. They developed the motion sensing tech in the Xbox for... What was that? The Kinect? The Kinect. Yeah, the first Kinect, yeah. Is that weird that Apple bought them and not Microsoft? Yes. Very weird. What's up with that? Well... <laughs> is it that Microsoft said, you know what, I don't need to make this investment because I have a staff that can already do this now that we've shared the the, the uh, technology with one another? There was it no be... non-compete signed here? No, I, I'm just looking at this as Apple saying, you know what, we got to do better with our voice control. Siri is Siri is a, is a nice little feature. A toy? It's not but it's not great. Would you call it a toy? Uh, is it useful? Is it more? U- is it as useful as Google now? I've never really messed with it. The only time people have showed it to me has been to be like, ha ha, check this out. Look what she says. Like, it's a toy. Yeah, it's, it's been glitchy. It's a fart and... app. Siri is a fart app. I'm sorry. That, that's... <laughs> I ain't going to degrade it that much. Well, but... okay. A little, a little <laughs> more use. It's a fart app that can fetch you the weather and your stocks. Yeah, I mean it'll it'll do some things. It's not total real world ready, and most people that use Siri they understand that they get that. Sure. Google has sort of um, sneaked past them a little bit with its voice recognition technology into Google Now, the way it works. Google and, Now is wicked helpful, I think. Yeah, and so uh, Apple is just getting ready to up to Annie. That's all this is. Everybody's biting off one another and and seeing who can do this better. Uh, would this technology be of any kind of use in a watch like Google or like, excuse me, says the Android hat where, uh, in Apple's watch, like, could you do something with this tech in your watch to where it's, I I don't know. I'm still not sold on some of the watch features. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking maybe something along the lines of like more on the PC side of things, maybe their Mac or. Their Mac line, you, like they have their iMac, yeah. right? Which is essentially a screen with computer built in. But what if there's a webcam that does, you know, motion sensing that's built into this? And what if they have the, all these rumors? You know, they have all these rumors about Apple TV. What if all that's integrated? So they might be sick. That would be sick. I'm, I've said it several times on Yats, man. If Apple comes up with the television display that's like these cinema displays, right? Put a brother down. I, yeah. I want it. Yeah, just Those imagine a 4K beautiful. TV, a 4K cinema TV, or what I don't know what they would call it, like yeah. super super HD, you know, yeah. but with, with all that other technology. With HDMI across. and a Chromecast plugged into it? <laughs> and a Chromecast. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, we come full circle. That's awesome. Yeah. But no, you probably they probably won't do that, and if they do, it will cost a gazillion dollars because they don't want you putting it on a piece of crap TV stand like what you see here. No, you gotta hang that shit on a special (laughs) Apple mount that you paid $150 extra. (laughs) Sorry, it's gonna be a giant iPod dock, right? Like, you just (laughs) pop your TV into it, and it just like... Thunder mount. Okay, Siri. (laughs) (laughs) Let's exercise. 
man. All right. Uh, Mike's not here, but he threw this into the dock, I thought, while we were kind of talking about security earlier. Uh, it's an article on Gizmodo about which companies are encrypting your data properly. Uh, and it shows uh, Amazon, Apple, AT&T, Comcast, Dropbox, Facebook, Foursquare, Google, LinkedIn, and Microsoft. Uh, just looking at the, the graph here, I'll put a, uh, a link to this in the show notes on Yats there. It looks like Dropbox and Google are the only two companies that got it all the way across. Uh, they encrypt data center links, support HTTPS, HTTPS strict, uh, forwards secrecy, and start TLS. So Dropbox and Google all have those. Uh, LinkedIn is... Uh, Facebook, yeah. Foursquare's no good, really. Comcast, terrible. AT&T, terrible. Apple, meh. Amazon, meh. So um, here I can screen share real quick and show you what it looks like. So there's there's the the graph. Yeah, scroll down. And they say also Spider Oak and SonicNet are also implementing five out of five of the best practices for encryption. And this is their best practices, so, I mean, it's it's Gizmodo, fairly reputable. Uh, these things are important, I, I would say. My question is, why would they need TLS other than Google with Gmail? Thoughts? Hmm. Isn't oh, the other stuff? Yes. I hasn't SSL is yeah, it's SSL, a version of SSL. Yeah. Okay. Is that for uh, what was that company a while ago that was doing uh, security tests? It was like a website you could go to, and they would give you a grade on your SSL SSL Labs. I think maybe. I think in order to get an A, don't you have to have your TLS set up right? I could be wrong. I'm not sure of that service. But anytime I think of TLS, I always think of just email transmissions. Right. And that's what this is saying. I don't think of just browsing and looking at the next doohickey gadget I'm curious about. Right. And this says uh, they, they ask for email service providers to implement Start TLS for email transfer. Start TLS is an opportunistic encryption system which encrypts communications between email servers that use SMTP. So this is like forwarding between the email servers, encryption mm-hmm. between them. Uh, when a user emails someone on a different provider, like if you're on Hotmail and you write to someone on Gmail, the mail message will have to be delivered over the internet. If both email servers understand Start TLS, then the communications are encrypted in transit. Uh, if only Gmail does, but Hotmail does not, which is the current situation, they will be in the clear and exposed to eavesdropping. So it's critical to get as many email service providers as possible to implement this. Yeah. And of course, you know the perfect forward secrecy uh, for encryption keys uh, designed to protect previously encrypted communications. So if one of the service provider's keys is compromised later, uh, without forward secrecy, an attacker who learns a service provider's secret key can then use it to go back and read previously incomprehensible encrypted communications. So if you implement this properly, that is not possible. Which you can see how that's definitely useful. You don't, especially services that are archiving all of your messages and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, 
pretty cool article. We'll put a link to it in the show notes at yetanothertexture.com. It's got all sorts of interesting things from the EFF and uh, why all of this crypto stuff is so damn important. Especially in light of all of these lovely little post-it notes and slides uh, Snowden has has released and shared with everyone. (laughs) So, let's see. We got about ten minutes left. Anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Before we wrap this up, um, I had a debate again, and the the whole Acer Chromebook just sort of brought it up, even though it's sort of like apples and oranges. Right. Okay, between you, well, not not to you, not between you two guys. If you were to recommend to family member, friend, or what have you, that's not necessarily the 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 geek or tech dude of the of the family you have the surface pro and you have a netbook which way would you guys go well not a netbook ultrabook sorry a chromebook no no no, no an no, ultrabook no, no. surface pro or an ultrabook okay yeah that's a good question i've been considering getting the surface myself mainly because i like the idea of it operating as a tablet it's only two pounds you know it's essentially like an ultra book, but without the the dedicated keyboard without on it. Is yeah, the ultra book running Windows 8 or is it running yes. Windows 7? Both both running Windows 8. If you're running Windows 8, running I would Windows go 8. with like what I bought uh, Kelsey, like that little Asus, but mm-hmm. it's touchscreen still. I would go something like that. I don't think I would go full on Surface Pro. If I wanted right. something with more power, I would just build a desktop and install XP on it. Yeah, that's been kind of my internal debate is looking at a Surface Pro, it's basically a big tablet, but a Ultrabook, you know, and I'm not sure if I want necessarily a tablet exactly that big. For me, I look at a tablet like as big as the Nexus 10 is about as big as I would go personally. Uh-huh. So, you know, and that's, you know, half the price and not as powerful, et cetera, et cetera, but it's for what the bulk of what I do mobile media consumption something is, like that. Is that well, due to size-wise for holding it in your hands and being able to have your thumb stretch across it? Or, because if yeah. I, I feel like the surface is something that you're going to use sitting down at, at a desk, not something you're going to be like sitting on the couch reading. I think, like you said, the 10-inch tablet is as big as you would want something like that. Yeah. Let's see, the thing is, gentlemen, this is this is the holiday season, and people are going to have to make this decision. Yeah. You know, They're going to want it for for the kids they're going to want it for going to going back to winter session of college or something like that and i would almost say for all that stuff i would go i would wait for new nexus 10 second version and then bluetooth keyboard i am loving the nexus 10 with this yeah. bluetooth keyboard and be able to sit it there and then like type on it and i think like if i had something like that when i was in school i would have been so awesome <laughs> Matt, I got a Bluetooth keyboard for the Nexus 7. I don't know if I told you that. No, nice. Is it the Logitech, or which one did you go with? No, this is a, this is a mini, I think it's called a mini suit. Let me see. Do you it's, got it there? Um, no, I don't have it right here. It's oh, over word. there. But it's, um, it, I think I paid like 25 bucks for it. I figured, nice. just try it. It's, it. It can't hurt for $25. Is it awesome? Do you love it? And that right there will be a problem. Um, for most people. Uh, so I've had to figure out how to type just doing like this most of the time. <laughs> and I love it. 
See, I used to pack around. You remember the old IMAX came with that? It was a keyboard that was USB, but it wasn't yeah. full size. It was smaller. Yeah. I used yeah. to pack one of those around because it would plug into my PC, my Windows laptop, and it would work. Yeah. And it was small enough that it fit in my backpack. So I was already kind of used to typing on these small keyboards. But I, on my, I have a, a Microsoft Ergo, like the full size one. And going from these to that, like you just have so much more room to to blaze on that on that keyboard but for having it to pack around like when we go we're going to vegas for showstoppers here in january i'm gonna bring the nexus 10 and my keyboard thing and that'll probably be what i do most of my work on you know it's of course we'll have laptops and full-on computers for doing cameras and everything but as far as like sitting down and doing web work wordpress work anything like that like that's pretty much all you need now all right, so there it is. Oh, nice. Oh, wow, that's like, yeah. It's like that's, a keyboard case. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, cool, this, man. It turns into to a case. That's know. what I wanted for the Nexus 10, one that, that actually nice. will fold up with the tablet. Like this one. And you guys see how this big one has my its hand own... is with this tablet. I've said before, I could use my tablet as a phone. <laughs> it it looks like a Note 3 in your hand. Yeah, and but this thing, it, it's it's... I can't complain with it. I can't. It's, it's like I said, it's Bluetooth, and it's been convenient at the office because I've been using my tablet more at the office to to check messages and check my calendar stuff so, because I'm running between conference room and conference room, and I can sit down with this thing on my lap or at the at the table, and just. And it's better than in situations where you can't voice dictate because that's choice two for me is just talking to it. But you can't always do that in those situations. So, and it's much better than using on-screen keyboard. Yeah, I've tried. Plus, did you notice word prediction and error correction with that? Like it fixes it as you go. Like you're using the on-screen keyboard, but you're typing. That is so cool. I um. We're gonna be such sloppy typers by in like ten years. We're gonna be the worst. We're gonna have like two keys on the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just gonna like punch them blindly in the computer. I'm not gonna window. deny that. I'm I'm not right? gonna deny that. It's idiocracy, <laughs> dude. It's all of those big symbols and pictures and and whatnot. Yeah, I wrote a review on this thing, so just stay tuned for the review. Um, up on a new domain. Dot yeah, net coming out tonight dot or tomorrow or something like that. But it, it for twenty twenty five dollars, I think I did all right. You know, nice. Mine, I think, yeah, mine was like thirty or forty bucks, maybe fifty. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I I want one still that is like the case that'll fold down because this it's like a separate thing, and I mean. There's a case for the keyboard and everything, but then you gotta like uh-huh. take it out and it doesn't fit your tablet in. It would be cool to pack it around like a laptop though, for sure. Uh-huh. So alright. Well I think that's gonna do it. Good good yats. Uh even though Larry and Mike couldn't make it. Uh that'll be it for, for this week. So we will be back next week. Are you guys doing point and shoot Thursday? Thursday's Thanksgiving, so there is no point and shoot Thursday, but we um we the, still have our challenge out there that's issued from your Miss K Dog. Oh yeah, huh? She did the what is it? A photo pet challenge this pet time. Pet challenge, yeah. Nice. So that's still on and it's extended to next week. So right on. For those you got of you two that weeks. Are part of the community. Get two your weeks. Shots out there. Good stuff. 
Uh, and yeah, I, I, I was uh, messing around down at the park playing a little Ingress today, and there was these ducks like running across the, the pond there recently froze over, so the ducks were running across it. There was this long line of ducks, so I like grabbed the Moto X and I started taking pictures of it, and I didn't move. And I just took the same shot, and Google made this auto awesome of like this giant line of yeah. ducks running across the pond. It was so great. I, I, I should also I mention uh, we were messing around more with the uh, slow mo video on the Moto X and the auto awesome videos that Google's doing now. So we took a bunch of slow mo videos of a day at the park, playing fall, f- playing fetch with the dog, a uh, bunch of slow mo <laughs> videos, regular videos, and then pictures. And by the time we got home, Google had this, like, auto-awesome movie ready. So uh, yeah. I, it's on my Google+. Plus. I think I threw it up in the point-and-shoot uh, community. But, yep. uh, yeah, check out that stuff on Google+. Plus. It definitely makes you want to, like, take more video because you don't have to edit it. You just, like, throw it in there. And if there's a frame or a picture that you didn't want in there, it's so easy to, like, edit it. If it but mm. it does most of it for you. And it's yeah. really cool. It puts music behind it. You can see like me throwing the Foff disc all slow-mo and the dog chasing his ball. and It's done really well. I, I got a kick out of it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> check us out on Google+. Uh, yet another tech show.com. That's our site. Subscribe in iTunes or whatever you happen to use. Uh, there's also our own YouTube channel. AOTA has one. Uh, does Point and Shoot have one now? Or you didn't do point and shoot from a page. It's just a community. I didn't do it from a page. This is strictly right, under right. Ant okay. Pruitt. So you just check out my YouTube channel, Ant Pruitt, as well as check out antpruitt.com. And a new domain.com. And mm-hmm. uh, Nick Carroll, he joins us for attackoftheandroids.com. Uh, so, yeah, have a good holiday, guys. And uh, we'll see you next week sometime. Good night. Another Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.